You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is Andy Hill. This is Nicole Hill. And you're listening to the What's Up Next podcast. This is Mrs. CTF. And this is Mr. CCF. And you're listening to the What's Up Next podcast. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about marital distress in fact. Oh, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to What's Up Next, where your hosts, Paul David Thompson and Doc G, take the discussion on topics in the financial independence movement to the next level. Guest panelists share their opinion to questions that don't have clear answers to help you refine your path to financial independence. Welcome. This is Paul David Thompson from Ready Investor One. And this is Doc G from Diversify.com. So, Paul Thompson, what's up next? Well, Doc, we have a cast of characters with us today, and we're going to have a ton of fun, I can guarantee you. But we're going to be talking about a bit of a heavy topic today. Our question is, can financial independence cause marital distress? So I'll give each of our two couples a chance to introduce themselves before we dig into the topic. CTFs, do you mind going first, please? Uh, Yeah, we have two kids. We live in the Western U.S. and we have been running Countdown to Five for about a year and three months. Yep. Anything more to add, Mrs. CTF? Uh, Ditto. I think that's about it. We've been on our our journey for about uh, three years now. Hoping to reach five within 10 years or so. Married and on the road to financial independence. Looking forward to hearing your comments on today's subject. Andy and Nicole, could you each give us a quick introduction? Sure. My name is Andy Hill, and I've had the opportunity to host a podcast called Marriage, Kids, and Money for the past two-plus years, where I try to learn how to be a better father and a better husband and uh, grow our wealth. And my wife, uh, Nicole, has been there to support me and also be a, a guest host quite a bit as well on the show. So I'm along for the journey, <laughs> maybe to add color commentary, also to give Andy a very hard time because yeah. he's the nerd and I'm the spender in a lot of ways. So yeah, I think we can add a lot to this marital dispute conversation. <laughs> very excited about it. <laughs> definitely not turning red on video here. <laughs> we'll definitely work on that. <laughs> so Nicole, I'd actually like to start with you. So I've heard you guys before on podcasts. I've heard you do a podcast together. And it seems to me like things were going swimmingly in your marriage. And then all of a sudden, Andy introduced another man into your relationship. And that man's name was Dave Ramsey. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so Dave came into our lives pretty early on, not early on enough uh, to like influence our wedding. It kind of came on right after that. So we had a lavish wedding. We had a, I had a, a ring that, you know, I dreamt about and he bought and then I paid for. <laughs> um, and Dave came into our lives um, pretty much when we were married before we had kids. Um, actually, it was Susie Orman first. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Susie because mm-hmm. um, she, was, she was like the, the gateway drug. And then <laughs> Dave was the hardcore. Um, he changed our lives. I would say like in the beginning, like the, all the times that Andy's brought new ideas to the table, it goes the same way. Andy listens to something, reads something, gets into something, comes to me like 100% all in. And I'm like, whoa, 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 like slow it down. Like he turns our lives a complete 180. I want him to slow down, but eventually like a year later, I'm on board and I'm super happy that we went in the direction we did. But it's like every time it's a shocker. So the first time was with Dave Ramsey and I'm like, wait, what? We're going to buy our cars. We're going to try to pay off our mortgage. We're going to live on a budget. What is all of this? And now I'm like super happy about that. Um, but it's happened a few times. Yeah. Dave was just, Dave was the kind of the first. <laughs> Andy, it sounds like you guys went from Facebook poke to engagement in like nine months, right? You got so it, man. <laughs> if it went that quickly, did you ever have time to actually discuss finances before you were married? That's a, that's a great question. And um, I don't think we really did. I think we went into this sort of courting process right away because the first part of our relationship was long distance. Actually, we, we started dating. She was living in Los Angeles and I was in Detroit. So every time I would fly into Los Angeles, it was, we, we were just looking at like the 10 year time hop on uh, Facebook. It was roses and dinners and, you know, we're going to go out on the strand and, and, uh, and um, you know, and in Los Angeles and have a lot of fun. So we were, we were just sort of living for today and having a lot of fun. We didn't really have a lot of those deep conversations. I think a lot of the things that we did talk about were, were kids. We were both interested in being parents. We both have a very tight family, um, and family was very important to us. But I don't think we really dove into a lot of the things that I end up, I end up telling people to do before they get married now. Um, it's definitely, uh, in retrospect, looking back, saying, hey, have these conversations beforehand. They'll help you. Uh, in, in the future conversation. So no, I don't, I don't think we really spent a lot of time uh, diving into deep conversations about money before we got married. And even <laughs> if we had his uh, money philosophy back then was different oh, yeah. from what it is now. So it wouldn't, it, it would have changed completely. Yeah. Honestly, I was very happy being a 20 something, enjoying all of the money that was available to me, even though it wasn't mine, uh, you know, uh, spending on my home equity line of credit, spending my student loan money for things that weren't actually for college. You know, I, I bought her ring with the student loans. I, um, you know, I would go on vacations with my student loans. It was just like, hey, it's free money. They're, they just keep giving it to me. So yeah, it's a different, different lifestyle. Mr. CTF, what Andy and Nicole seem to be talking about is that when you're young, you tend to be somewhat unintentional. And then there's a point where you switch and start becoming much more intentional about your money and budgeting. I'm wondering, Mr. CTF, for you guys, when did that happen and what brought it on? Well, I think it really happened in 2016 pretty heavily. Um, And at that point, we'd been married for about a decade 
but we were actually financial train wrecks for the first decade of our marriage. And so we had a lot of cleaning up to do and uh, basically had to dig our way out of a considerable amount of debt and really bad decisions in our 20s. And so we talk a lot about now that, you know, if you can actually stay above water in your 20s, you can be, you know, position yourself well starting in your 30s to really build wealth. But you've really got to avoid making those big mistakes in your 20s. And so I agree that, you know, that, that early on, um, part of, of life is it can be really difficult um, on that end. So, Mrs. CTF, was there a moment that caused you to change? Like, how did you guys go from being train wrecks to being less train wrecks, so to speak? So, when we got married, I would say that we were opposites. I was a saver, Mr. CTF was a spender. And it was kind of like this, like, kind of like stop and go, like, argument back and forth about uh, saving versus like trying to pay off some debt we did make a lot of decisions and I did like wholeheartedly jump in some of these terrible financial decisions. But then like Mr. CTF did like a 180, like, a, like mm-hmm. he went from like being the, the spendiest spender to like the most miserly saver ever. And it was like whiplash kind of trying to uh, keep up with that. It's called bipolar disorder <laughs> actually. <laughs> I knew that it was Mr. CTF who was actually the train wreck when you guys started. <laughs> Definitely. So yeah, I would, I would say that he's now like more of a saver than I am. Like every dime that he finds extra in our budget, like I find just whisked away to like, oh, we bought some more shares versus, I don't know, I think I was a little bit more moderate. I don't know. But, but yeah, I think it's definitely, like I don't know if I was ever like super wasteful, wasteful, but I definitely, like things have definitely changed since a couple years ago. Yeah, I'm starting to see a pattern here, uh, Andy. It seems like the women are more moderate of the couples here and the men tend to dive in. With you, didn't it kind of start as a debt issue? For me, it was, um, I mean, when I really kind of got focused on it, it was more of a fatherhood kind of thing. When we when we found out that we were going to be parents, I kind of had this sort of switch in my brain of feeling like, all right, it's not just Nicole and I living for today. It's, it's we're going to be taking care of a human soon. So we had debt that mostly I, I brought into the marriage. Um, and yeah, that was something that I wanted to eliminate right away, right before we had our first daughter born. And that's something we partnered together and we were able to do. And Nicole, so let me get this straight. It sounds like you guys started with this idea of let's pay off debt. And it sounds like when you actually went and paid off the debt, it actually caused some issues, right? Because maybe for you, once you would hit that landmark that goal, uh, you were ready to go back to normal life. Is that right? Right. Well, can you imagine, okay, like running, let's say you are like with a friend, we're going to run a marathon. You train for this marathon. You think about this marathon. You eat for this marathon. You run this marathon. You have a great time running it. You get tired at the end. You hit the finish line and you just want to celebrate. And can you imagine that person coming up to you and being like, we're going to do another marathon starting right now. And you're like, no. And I feel like that's kind of like what happened. It was like, we, we did this amazing thing. We paid off our mortgage. We did all of these things. And then it was like, and I want it that we have a brand new plan. 
I want to stop working and, and this is going to happen. And we're, you know, I felt like there, that time to celebrate the rug was swept from underneath us. And again, that goes to, you know, what I said before, like Andy gets into these plans. He like thinks about them. He marinates in them for a while. Then he comes to me and he's already like halfway down that path, but it's all new to me. So I'm like, whoa, whoa hold the fort. <laughs> what can I, I, I'm always thinking about what's up next, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I plug your show it. there. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Speaking of what's up next, Miss CTF, I'm wondering if you kind of had the same issue. It seems like Andy and Nicole, it was hard for them to be beginning at the same time or to be in the middle or to end at the same time. It seems like they were always slightly off. And it sounds like to me, Mrs. CTF, you had already begun thinking about saving and being frugal. And then all of a sudden, Mr. CTF throws you a curveball. Did he go too far? I mean, was there a point where you're like, okay, hold on. <laughs> we don't have to save that much. Uh, yes. Yes, there was. He got on board with the savings. And then all of a sudden it was like a 180, which it didn't, it didn't take me too much. To, like he showed me like the Mr. Mustaching website. I read through a lot of the articles, not all of them, but a, a lot of them. And I went, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. Like this is something like, to pay our debt off for. Like we were kind of like stringing along, like we wanted to pay off our debt, but like, what do we do once we pay off our debt? Like, I guess we just go like on vacations or whatnot. But this kind of gave us a goal as to a reason as to why to pay off our debt and why to save. Uh, this whole being able to maybe retire early. But as for swinging it too far, yes. Yes, he did swing it too far. And there was many a night of <laughs> not nice speaking, <laughs> especially when it came to selling the house. We had built a house that, I don't know, I had planned on like retiring in or growing old in and I put a lot of stuff that I wanted in it. But I mean, to be honest, it was, it was more than we needed. Um, it took a couple months to get me around to selling the house, but eventually I came around to it. Mr. CTF, tell me what that kind of felt like. I mean, it sounds like here you are, you have this epiphany and you're like, we have to sell the house. And Mrs. CTF's kind of going, well, maybe not. I mean, uh, how did that feel? Like, did it stress you out? Well, no, it didn't stress me out because I knew I was going to get my way. <laughs> and I know that sounds kind of dicked, but also in, in our marriage, we've had a, a, a good amount of fights over things. And the fight fight was one, I think, for the ages um, to start out because I've flip-flopped on issues over the years and she kind of knows that. And so... You know, same thing where she knows I get excited about things and I do a boatload of research and then I'm like, this is what we're going to do. This makes sense. And there's no argument against it because this is what makes the most sense. And so we had, we had some pretty intense fights about, about the house sale specifically. And then we also sold uh, a Toyota Tacoma that Miss CTF loved. I still love to this day. It was still mm -hmm. my favorite car of all time. And she, so she was more, it was easier to sell the Tacoma than it was to, to get her on board with the house sale, to be honest. But now that I look back on it though, I'm like, it's kind of like a stupid argument. Like it's not like my, like my whole self-worth and like my life was like in that house. Well, like, I told you, you're, you're, you put way too much into this house. It's not you. The house is not us. It's a structure. And you're like, well, it's my house. And I'm like, okay, well, we're moving, so. Yeah, and we did move. And, like, you know, the place that we moved, it, it's fine. Like, I, it, make, it pains me to say, but, like, Mr. CTF was right. Like, you move into a new house, and you'll start thinking that as your own house as well, and that you could never leave. But, but yeah, that kind of somewhat happened. But we're moving again, and yeah. I somewhat feel like I'm getting my way because I'm getting some gardens back. 
We Not went to extreme, and now we're coming back to the other extreme. So we'll come back to the other extreme in two years, I think, on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nicole, we glaze over this a little bit, I think, in the financial independence community. Um, we get so stuck on our goals and our plans. Uh, sometimes we forget that there are these knockdown drag out fights. You guys have been pretty open on the podcast about actually going through therapy to deal with some of these issues. Tell me how that came about and how you decided to do it. It was about a year ago. February seems to be... Yeah, it's about, it was about a year ago this February. Yeah, mm-hmm. February is our downfall. So it was <laughs> yeah, pretty much exactly a year ago. And we had gotten into probably the biggest fight that we've ever gotten to in our marriage. I think you called it volcanic. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something erupted. <laughs> um, and um, I, it... Uh, things kind of fell into place. I was talking to a girlfriend of mine and she had kind of recommended going to see somebody and I brought it up to Andy and he was um, really open to the idea right away. So it wasn't like neither one of us had like that stigma in our brains of like, is that wrong? Is that bad? Like, you know, I, I know some people think going to therapy is you you must be on the verge of divorce, but like we saw it as like, we have to do this so we don't get divorced. So um, uh, that's kind of how it came up. It fell into our laps. I got a recommendation. We went with it. We love her. That part was easy. What's hard is continuing to go because mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes it feels like, hey, we got through that fight. Like we're good now. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> as soon as we get into another fight, it's like the scab's been ripped off and it's all still there. So um, we continue to go. We just had a, another fight <laughs> this, this month, this, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, but it's really cool. We have some tools now, at least from, from going to therapy where um, we were able to sit down and talk about it instead of not talking for a week and yeah. then and battling it all up. So yeah. Highly recommended. So I'm curious, Nicole and Andy, what are your sources of marital distress regarding money? You mentioned this second marathon that Andy sprung on you, but didn't really talk about exactly what that was. What was this new goal and did it contribute to this ongoing February volcanic disruption you guys have been alluding to? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we, we paid off our consumer debt, right? And then got really excited about that. And then initially in my, in my Andy fashion, I'm like, well, why don't we just keep doing it? We'll pay off the mortgage. Right. So we continue to live on 50%. And originally, you know, kind of getting around board with the whole Dave Ramsey thing. It wasn't like, Hey, yeah, sounds great. It was like, okay, let's try to make a budget and live on less and have conversations about, you know, not spending as much. And so getting out of debt was the half marathon. Yeah, it was a half marathon. Okay. And Paying then, up the mortgage was the marathon. And then, uh, yeah, we're talking, we got excited about then, this financial independence uh, conversation. I mean, it makes sense for your show right now. It makes sense for the CTFs. I mean, it's an alluring topic, you know? I mean, having some freedom and really owning your time and creating enough income outside of work where you can dictate what your life is. That sounds super alluring to me. So uh, over the past couple of years, it's been a new conversation, a new, what is it? Iron Man? What do we call it? Yeah. So then, <laughs> triathlon. Yeah, finish the marathon. Triathlon. Yeah. There so you go. Triathlon. triathlon is the, the FI, the, the financial independence. Yeah. So it was like pay off the mortgage. But by the way, we're still going to save half because. Because we want to buy a rental property. Yeah. And I don't know, um, CTFs, if, if you guys are, um, you guys are on the podcast together, I believe. So you're probably 
talk, you know, you're in the same community, you're talking about the same things, but Andy and I are a little different in that Andy's in this world where he's talking to all of you guys and like-minded people all the time. And I mean, you guys are wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but you're a pretty small population. Really? So, <laughs> so sometimes I feel like Andy lives in this bubble of like-minded people. That's a very small population. Whereas I live in the general population. And so he comes to me with these <laughs> ideas and sometimes I poo poo on them because I'm like, well, that's just not normal. Why do we have to live on 50%? And he's like, no, this is normal because this, these are the people that I'm talking to every day. And I'm living in this world of where that's normal. Whereas, and then he comes to me and I feel like it's not normal. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Mr. CTF, you know, you guys in the sense are in this together, you're on the podcast together, but I imagine that there are family members and friends who are in the quote unquote real world. And I'm wondering if those influences also cause stress between you guys, uh, family members maybe whispering in one of your ears versus the other going, hey, you know, Miss CTF, she's crazy. Or Mr. CTF, he's crazy. Why is he, why are you getting rid of the car or the house? Do you get those kind of external pressures uh, about this financial independence path? Yeah, we, we have um, to a certain extent. I, I mean, when we sold our house and moved to a neighborhood that was a, uh, yeah, working class, a good, it's a good way to put it is, is there was a lot of fear mongering about that and people didn't understand, you know, you guys made it and now you're going backwards and they, and they were wondering, you know, are you guys on the verge of divorce? Did someone lose a job? Does someone have cancer? You know, um, because that just does not happen. I mean, people usually are upgrading at that point in their lives, especially when they hit 30, 35 and not downgrading. Um, so that was very curious to a lot of people. And I think I wasn't the best ambassador of the fight community and still am not because I'm very, uh, I guess real is a good way to put it. And, I got into some real fights with my mom, my sister, um, over financial topics because I just couldn't understand, you guys, it's the math. What the hell's the matter with you? Why are you so broke? You, you shouldn't be so broke. Um, and it did a lot of damage to those relationships. Um, and I think they're recovering slowly because at some points I was, would only want to talk about financial independence and, and be kind of uh, a little bit braggy about, well, we're going to retire on time we're 40 and you guys are going to be working still at 70. So that'll be rough for you guys. Um, it wasn't the healthiest place to be. And so um, you've got to kind of step away sometimes and not get too sucked into the cult and, and become, uh, I don't know, a, a bad, I guess a, a, a bad ambassador for it, right? Because it does get that, that bad, that bad uh, rap sometimes. You know what? I love our meals from Factor. My son started getting them about a year ago when he needed a quick alternative to meals on the go. But where we've really enjoyed them is we've been remodeling our kitchen. That's right. We've had no access to our kitchen for the last few weeks. And some nights we just had no idea what to do for a meal. That is where Factor came in. We would just pop the meal in the microwave and two minutes later we'd have a fantastic meal. You can do the exact same thing, and there's tons of variety. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week. These are chef-prepared meals, and let me tell you, they are delicious. No fuss, no mess. You just put it in the microwave, and two minutes later... 
you have a meal. This is tailored to your schedule. You can customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Head to factormeals.com slash earn50 and use your code earn50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code earn50 at factormeals.com slash earn50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. All right, so most of us know the bad news already. If you were using Mint as a budgeting app, it has shut down. But the good news is there's something better, and it's called Monarch Money. I started using Monarch Money myself about five months ago, and I knew immediately that I liked it more than any other budgeting app I had ever used. For one, it focuses on collaboration. This is easy to share with your spouse, your partner, your financial advisor. And it's aspirational. Not only can you look at your current budget, but what do you want to buy? What do you want your goals to be? You can focus on those in Monarch Money. It's the next generation of personal finance apps. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Furthermore, you can create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner, and now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com earn. Again, that's monarchmoney.com E-A-R-N. What I like about this app is it's intuitive, easy to use, quick to sign on. It's collaborative, as we talked about. It's customizable. The idea is you can use this app the way you want to use it. And the reason why is the Monarch Money team is customer-focused. They are focusing on you, me, and all the other people who want to use this app to live a better financial life. After trying out Monarch Money for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com earn. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-A-R-N for your extended 30-day free trial. This is CTF. Did it feel like it was you two against the world or did it feel like it was Mr. CTF against the world? No, it definitely felt like the two of us against like the world. There was a lot of rumors, I think, that spread up in our old uh, neighborhood as to why we were selling our house and downgrading and moving away. Um, and there was a lot of, uh, talk, my family, my family and Mr. CTS family actually live pretty much in the same neighborhood. Um, so, (laughs) um, there was a lot of talk back and forth between the families of, oh my gosh, they're going to ruin their, our grandchildren's like future. They're putting them into a terrible school and which is not true. It's not always about money. We heard that a lot. It's not always about money. There's other things in life, which... And so, yeah, I think it was very much like the two of us. Like, I mean, we like, we, by the time we, we agreed to sell the house, like I, we were on a pretty uh, firm understanding that, yeah, that, that's definitely the way to go. And this, this property over here is a definitely much better place for us and our goals. But it seemed like nobody else seemed to understand why, why we want to do that. Why are, why are you selling a car? Why are you? And they still don't understand a lot because I ride my bike to work every day and people just don't understand. Why don't you just buy a damn car? They say, you know, like. When you're biking in the snow, seven miles, people are like, do you need help? Can we, can we help your family? You know, like it's like a charity case. It's kind of sad. But. Yeah. I, I think a lot of my family thinks I'm poorer than I am, which I, I don't know. Like I don't, <laughs> I'm not braggadoce like uh, Mr. CTM. So I'm not bragging to my family about how rich we are. <laughs> um, 
But like, I mean, like even now, like we're moving and we're actually moving closer to my work and Mr. CTF's work. So like, I will be able to ride my bike or walk to work. And people just don't seem to understand that. They're like, well, what's your car going to do? And I'm like, it, it's going to sit in the garage. And I'm like, wait for like the weekend when we have to drive to like the big city. Like it doesn't need to be used every day. And it's just like unfathomable to most people. Is it safe to say then in a sense that maybe some of that external pressure actually brought you closer together and more in agreement on some of these principles? No, <laughs> it's not safe to say actually. I, uh, I, I mean, I think... Um, I think going through this process together has brought us closer together because when you do something extraordinary together, I think it does, you know, you can look back on that and say, look at what we did together, you know, because it was a team effort that we, you know, we cleared out almost a hundred thousand dollars in debt, started saving, you know, almost 70% of our income. Um, And it's so abnormal in society to, to do those things that it, I think that that was the part, not so much the pressure externally. Nicole, I'm wondering about this sense of togetherness. It hits me that at the time you guys really started on this path, Andy was working full time and starting the podcast. And if I'm correct, you weren't working at the time. Did it feel difficult to question or argue when you didn't have some of the economic power behind you that uh, you weren't bringing in a paycheck? hundred percent. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the fight that we had a year ago was obviously, I mean, money fights. Yeah, they can be about money, but like you, it's like, um, you know, like picking up, um, bowl of fish hooks, you pick up one thing and, and a hundred are attached. So it was about money, but a lot of what was behind it was my feeling of self-worth. And, you know, when you hear something like we can't afford, or, you know, we don't want to afford, certain things that I feel passionate about, I felt like, well, that just means that I'm not as valued or I don't have as much decision-making power because I'm not the one going, um, spending eight hours at an office every day. So definitely that. And I knew that would happen when I stopped working, but it was, it was still very hard in reality when, when it hits. Absolutely. And Andy, did it get easier when Nicole started working again? You know, for me, I think during during the entirety of our you know time where we having kids, um, I think I I felt that I've and I've told you this too. I, I think I feel maybe a little bit better maybe when we're both contributing to the to the larger goals of our family. So, which is funny because I make pennies to what you make, right? Because I really didn't go back full time. But but the <laughs> and 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 I and, and I, I even cycle back from what I just said too because. I don't want you to think and I don't want anybody to think that taking care of two kids at home is not contributing. I'm talking from a financial sense, but really what, what Nicole's been able to do for the past four years as, as she's raised our, our kids is something that is a luxury. You know, being able to stay at home with your kids is a luxury and we were able to, we were able to make that happen. And um, yes, it's hard as hell. And if you ever want perspective, gentlemen, like stay home for a, for a week and let your wife go on a vacation uh, because you'll Amen. get that perspective real fast. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> the only correction I'll make to that no. is staying home with the kids isn't a luxury. It's the option to. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. You're right. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. Some people would choose not to, sure. and that's not always the yeah. right path. Yeah, absolutely. It really depends on that love. Yeah love working, but yeah, the option too is a luxury. Yeah. And, and, and so when she did, you know, find something that she was passionate about that, where she was able to earn money doing, 
it made me feel good. It made me feel like, hey, we're on this, we're on this train together, uh, especially as the kids are starting to move towards both being in kindergarten, um, where they're going to be in school full time. So we sort of, we sort of slid into that, really. I mean, like we were both working full time when we got married, and then you went part time. More than you. You were making Woo! more. She was making more <laughs> when we got when we got married. Then she went to part time, and then you know, full-time stay-at-home mom. Now she's doing part-time again. And it's just sort of, it's sort of just where we are in life right now. This is, the, this is a five-year span of the, whatever, 70 years we're going to be together. You know, I mean, it's, it's just a blip in our life. And yeah, it's hard with two small kids, um, you know, talking about money stuff when we're newly married, trying to figure this all out where, where two little kids don't let us talk ever. Like that's, that stuff gets pretty intense. <laughs> that's why uh, the hour that we pay somebody to go sit and talk to each other for marriage therapy is, uh, is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. CTF, I'm interested in the same idea. You guys have talked about on your podcast before that Mrs. CTF has more income potential. Did you feel that inhibited you in giving your opinions about where to go with the finances? No, not at all. Um, because I know I'm smarter than Miss CTF, although she earns more, and that's discrimination against me as a male. Um, no, I'm kidding, actually. But no, I, I think that um, I've tried to to say to Miss CTF over the years that this is our decision when I when I'm forcing the decision because it makes me feel better about it. Um, and so, no, I, I think being Having her be the breadwinner is actually pretty awesome in, in the sense that I keep saying to her, maybe, maybe I should just be at home in, in yoga pants and, and you know, podcasting and she can bring in the full-time income. And I say yes to that. Mm -hmm. like <laughs> yeah. But your, your skill set and demeanor and um, degrees are infinitely more valuable than mine. Yes. And if you're, so, you're going to go to college, choose the right degree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We did. <laughs> what did you go into? Can I go back for that? Um, I have a degree in economics and business administration and contract management. Mr. CTF has, well, I don't want to demean your degree. You have, you have a degree in public health. <laughs> Communications buddy over here. Oh, which I mean, it's a good degree. It just doesn't make money. <laughs> it's an easy one to get through college with. So that's why I chose it mostly. Oh, and sorry. I keep trying to get Doc G to 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 donate some money to my cause, um, a GoFundMe even, but he won't. So no, but like I try to like like when we get like if we gotten into money fights and like guess I'm kind of so embarrassed to, to do this, but like if he's like throwing away like like around like how we should spend our money, like I may have like played dirty and sometimes been like I make more money, shouldn't I have more of a say of where my money goes? But it, that, that argument never like holds water, and Mr. CTF usually just wins, and it goes into some sort of UTSAX fund. So, <laughs> but I, I'm also wondering about that. You know, Mr. CTF went and got an extra job, right? He started the yes, side hustle did. and side gig. Tell me about that a little bit. Were you um, in favor of that? Me or Mr. CTF? <laughs> Both. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to point out that I went in for surgery and I came out and Mr. CTF said, I got a job while you were in surgery. <laughs> and so, and then he's like, and I start tomorrow. So that was like a, a little bit of a, a rush, but um, yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I was glad and I was thankful that like he was bringing in the extra money, but then like, it was also like the downsides were like, he wasn't around four days a week and on the weekends. 
Because, I mean, he, when he goes into something, he's, like, full on. So he was he was going to earn every bit of extra income he could to get the debt paid off as fast as he could. You know, I want to transition a little bit over to you, Nicole. Tell us about what you're doing now. It seems to me actually a very financial independence-friendly job um, because it, it reminds me of spreadsheeting in a sense. So tell us a little bit about what you do now. Um, what I'm doing now is professional organizing. So it's a little bit of like, I know Marie Kondo is very popular right now on Netflix. Um, it's a, it's somewhat like that, but a lot of the clients um, have come to us because something's happened in their lives and it reflects in um, their surroundings. So for example, somebody who's had somebody pass away in their family and they've inherited all of say their mother's stuff. And so they, they've now got all of their stuff on top of all of their mother's stuff. It may be hard for them to process through boxes. It's very emotional for them. So most of the clients that we have for this professional organizing, we go to their homes um, and you know, we talk to them and it's a little bit of um, it's a little bit of therapy as well as physically helping them sort through items in their home, deciding how much of it and what to keep, what to part with, um, working at their pace. So, I mean, we're not going in there and being like, okay, you've got to get rid of 50% of your stuff, even though I would like love to do that. <laughs> um, but you have to work at their pace. Sometimes they literally want to keep every paperclip in their home and you have to be okay with that and help them to um, find ways to at least organize everything. So some of, some of the clients were literally putting like beautiful labels on, you know, on their pantry and doing all the bells and whistles. But I would say 80% of the clients are like, they've got a lot of stuff in their homes and it's usually because of something really hard they've just gone through and we're literally going item by item keep, not keep. If you're keeping, we have to find places to put this where it's not going to clutter your life. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. She's been at it for about a year. Yeah. Andy, does this surprise you how similar this sounds to, to financial coaching? <laughs> I never thought about it like that. No, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that when Nicole would fall into um, a, a, a line of work where she's helping people because she's always been, um, what, what, whatever job she's in, she's always you know, thrived in helping people, you know, figure out their situations when she was a recruiter, when she, even when she was in project management, she's very good at um, managing relations with people and helping them to, to move forward. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And we are very similar, our personalities. It's just that I'm working with physical yeah. things and Andy and, you know, you guys are working more with somebody's debt that you're not literally seeing stacks of money everywhere that you have to organize, but you're seeing like debts or, yeah. you know, like ways of life that have to be downscaled. Like for example, getting rid of your, what was your car CTFs? Toyota <laughs> Tacoma. Tacoma. Yeah, yeah. Tacoma. There's a lot of them, but yes. <laughs> like your Tacoma is my like box of like people, people love to keep paper bags and uh, plastic bags, you know? So your Tacoma is my plastic bag. Like I'm helping them get rid of things that don't bring value in their lives. And you guys are helping them get rid of debts that are, you know, holding them yeah. back in their lives. So Absolutely. it is very similar. <laughs> 
So, Mr. CTF, you guys have interviewed couples before. You guys have obviously been in the financial independence community for a while. Do you think the Mr. Money Mustaches and Dave Ramsey's are are breaking up marriages? I mean, do you think it's causing distress out there in the world? No, I think it's actually doing more um, more positive than than harm. To be honest with you, and I think the reason for that is is I think we all know that the number one uh, stressor in marriages is, is financial. So I think a lot of that's coming from the the bad situations people are finding themselves in and in money, not so much the successes they're seeing is being stressful. Although I guess you could make an argument that the, the successes could also be a stressor. But I, I really do believe that getting out of debt and, and moving forward with saving, you know, half of your income or even a quarter of your income has actually been very therapeutic for our marriage. And I would, I would add into that, that like the Dave Ramsey's and the Mr. Money's and the mustaches, it's like a third party that's, that's introducing the idea. So it's somebody else that's maybe on like an even kilter. So it's not just like a, like a me versus like Mr. CTF. It's a like, you know, there's somebody else that's also gone through this. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, bringing in a third party. You often hear people referring to the influence of like Dave Ramsey or Mr. Money Mustache has on somebody. And I'm curious for those listening to this and they are trying to bring in a spouse to a better money path is throwing articles at them that talk about getting punched in the face, the right way to go about it. Or is there a more delicate way of broaching the subject? I, I could talk to that. Um, it's kind of what we needed. Like, I, I don't know. Like it was like, this is what's going wrong. And it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Like it's like, I guess as soon as like I get like some logic and some sound arguments behind it, and it's not just Mr. CTF, but it's like spouting off like random ideas. I, I it doesn't take much, I guess, once I see an argument that I can I can understand to get behind it. And I think a lot of it actually, we've talked about this before. Is I think it it depends on the personality that sometimes people need to hear different ways of communicating, right? Like so, Mr. Money Mustache is very is very volatile. Dave Ramsey is very he scolds people quite a bit. And I think um, there's actually a lot of value to that for a lot of people, but not for everybody. Some people might like a message that's more empathetic and, and understanding. And, and so I think you've got to find your, your material, you know, your, your, your inspiration in, in what needs to be spoken to you and how you need to hear it, I guess. Andy, what did you find worked best with Nicole? Was it bringing out articles? Was it a series of conversations? What kind of introduced all of that reading you did to her that, that, that actually made it stick? Yeah. I think originally when I started, it was just one of those things like she described where I'll read this stuff and I'll get it all in my head and then I'll get really excited and then I'll just come up to her and say, hey, this is kind of what we're doing. Uh, and it's going to be great. Trust me. Let's go. And then that that never worked. So <laughs> after that didn't work, I kind of realized, okay, maybe I need to talk more in terms of things that she would get excited about. So with regard to paying off our debt, originally we had some conversations on, hey, we're going to have kids. You know, she had a desire. Eventually, I would like to stay at home and take care of them. And that eventually became our driving force. That was somewhere where we met in between. I would get my financial freedom, you know, uh, the Dave Ramsey life, and then uh, she'd be able to, you know, be at home and raise our, raise our children as, as, she, as she wanted to. I mean, she liked her job at the time, but she didn't love her job. You know, it was one of those things. And so, um, you know, uh, and also you, you didn't realize how difficult it would be to raise two kids at home and a stay-at-home mom. So it sounded, sounded a lot more alluring than it actually was yeah. probably. <laughs> but what, when, 
when we were able to talk about the things that um, that she really had desire for, uh, that that helped more. And then it's and now it's more morphed into some of the things that I'm asking for out of out of our relationship. You know, I would also like to have more you know control of my hours and my day and be able to do some things that I'm excited about. So it's sort of transferred over to uh, just sort of this nebulous version of hey, I want financial freedom to more specifically saying, what does that financial freedom mean to you? What does that financial independence mean to you? And what can that give our family? So once I got more specific, you know, it's just asking more questions. Why, why, why? Once you drill it down, you actually can, you know, peel back the layers and find out really why you're doing this. I mean, I don't want to make people sound bad at this, you know, and with the best of intentions, but I really believe that we all sort of want to know what's in it for me. You know, it's just a natural yeah, instinct. Absolutely. As, as much as, you know, we love our loved ones and we want them to be happy too. Like there's always that burning question of like, how's this going to impact me? So mm -hmm. yeah. So I think finding what your spouse is excited about, whether it's like, Hey, you'll be able to like, go shopping, you know, on a shopping yeah. spree once a year or whether it's Be able to go hey, on a fancy vacation every year or whatever. Yeah. yeah like finding, finding the what's in it for them mm -hmm. and then getting them into budgeting and financing by trying to answer that question. Mar How are we going yeah. to get that for you? Right. Mar <laughs> marriage is a little bit of sales, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to move on to a different topic. Uh, Mr. CTF, does it ever go too far? Uh, does Mrs. CTF ever look at you and go, we're not doing that? Yeah, all the time, actually. <laughs> and not just financially speaking, either. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of the men in the community are very extreme in some aspects. I mean, if you've heard of the early retirement extreme philosophy of live on, you know, $8,000 a year, live in a van, there was a time where I was like, we should definitely live in a van. And with children, that ain't gonna fly. Um, not, a, not with Miss CTF. And, but if, we, you know, if it was just me, we could do a lot of extreme, I, I mean, not we, I could do a lot of extreme things that I'm comfortable with, but you've gotta be a little cognizant of the other side of what that looks like and, and what your partner thinks is, not, is too extreme. And I think a lot of times, the, the women in the relationship have a different idea of, extreme than, than the man, but yeah. You, yeah, you took me to a townhome that you thought we should buy when we were, when we were uh, downsizing our house. And I did have to flat out tell you, I do not love you enough for this. You're not moving here. <laughs> it was a class F property. <laughs> yeah, it and it was like it's so cheap we could possibly fix this up and I'm like no. The mortgage payment no. is $300 a month. Come on. <laughs> Can you guys tell me whose idea was it to get rid of the dryer? I think it might have been Mr. CTF, but I'm I was like all on board. Like I don't have a problem well, with Well, you mentioned it. Clothes. You mentioned it before when I wasn't nearly as extreme and didn't care about electricity, and I was like, "No. No, why would we why would we hang dry clothes? That's psychotic." And then two years later, I was like, why don't we get rid of the dryer? It makes sense. And you're like, I told you that two years ago. <laughs> I think I may have already had like the hooks for line drying anyways, because I was line drying some stuff, but not all of our stuff. So maybe, yeah. maybe it was a joint decision. I don't know. I, I don't miss the clothes dryer. I'm just going to throw that out there. Like I don't miss it at all. It's not really that big of a pain in the butt to, to line dry clothes. So you guys are still line drying your clothes. It is the hellish winter right now and we can't go outside half the days or more than half the days because it's either raining or snowing or, or like sub 
freezing temperatures and we're still line drying. Well, we're, we're hanging the we're clothes hanging. on doors and um, doorknobs and uh, ceiling rods and chairs and it's really ghetto. But it's only like three months of the year that it's like that. The rest of the time it's not an issue and it's outside. And it's really actually somewhat quite nice. I'm surprised you guys can't see like bras and like panties behind us hanging because they, they are there, so. They're just on the other wall. Well, I was about to say, you guys would be lying freezing your clothes at this time of year. Uh, yeah, but like once they like thaw, like there's like no blanket, they're dry. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. and, I, and when I was going to high school, there was a girl that was there that lined dried her clothes. And I thought that she was so weird. Her family was so weird that oh, they, they didn't have a dryer. Well, they're weird <laughs> for different reasons. But but like now, I'm like, like why, why do you need a dryer? What percent of people that make our income in this area do you think dry their clothes on the back of chairs? I would very, very few. It's like point zero zero five. But, that, but that's what's something exciting about like so we're building a house is that there's actually like a laundry room. Like where we're at, we don't have a laundry room. It's just a washer and a closet. And I'm so excited because I can actually have some place to hang clothes in the winter that's not the uh, shelving and doors. Well, let's ask a normal person, Nicole. What would it take to convince you to ditch the dryer and line dry your clothes inside during winter? Oh my God, those kids go through so much <laughs> The problem with baby clothes is that they like take up a lot of spots like on the line, but like they don't, but they're not like long. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you guys are brave. I'm just going to say that. You okay. Well, well, how about this? How about this? Maybe what is something that I've, I've asked you to do that's dryer equivalent? Ooh. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Can you think of anything? I'm trying to think. I mean, the only thing I can think of, but it ended really well, is uh, you were like, you know, I was already like scraping by just to take a shower once a week. And I'm like trying to make dinner and do grocery shopping. And you're like, I think you should start shopping at Aldi, which is like 30 minutes away. And I'm like, oh, I hate you. <laughs> But like I started going and I'm the biggest Aldi fan in the world now. So I kind of like. Uh, and in, and in true really like well. serendipity, they built a brand new Aldi, like literally two miles from our yeah, house. But for like a year and a half at least. Yeah, you're, you're driving like 20 30, miles away. 30 yeah. minute trek over there and it was well worth it. <laughs> You know, it's interesting development because on a previous episode, we lost access to our dishwasher. And now, as a result of listening to you guys, we're losing access to our dryer. So I'm curious, what are we going to lose access to next? The stove? Are we going to be doing all wood stove cooking from now on? You know, the oven like doubles kind of as like heating the house in the winter. We right. keep our we keep our thermostat pretty low, so <laughs> it's it's I I bake a lot during the winter to help just to keep yourself warm. <laughs> yep, and then and then when it's over, you crack the oven over, and then you just eat dinner like leaning against the stove and having the heat come up. It's perfect. Well, this has gone a direction that I did not expect, but it's been a lot of fun. Let's bring this back full circle and return to the original question, which was, can financial independence cause marital distress? I think we know the answer is yes. So the follow-up question is now, how does one prevent financial independence from causing marital distress? I'll let each of you comment, and we'll start with Nicole. Um, I would say communication. If you are open to the idea of you know, getting a third party, I do recommend that 
Because I think we speak to each other differently when somebody else is listening versus <laughs> when we're alone. We're working at that. <laughs> but um, so yeah, communicating with each other, um, trying to dream together and getting a third party involved if and when necessary. Those would be like maybe my top three. Yeah. And I, I, would, I would add that I think your question said, how do you prevent uh, arguments? I, I'm not sure that you can prevent arguments uh, and within in relationships with regard to financial independence or religion or politics or sex. Like this is how we, this is how we discover each other. This is how we understand those boundaries. I've discovered so many boundaries from our fights that are important for me to remember because there's some no-no zones. <laughs> Don't mess with the cleaning lady, man. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Don't take my anything. No, but seriously, like, although they're not fun when they're happening and we don't like our fights, but I mean, they help us learn a lot about what's important to, to both of each, each other. And I, and I remember the, the important conversations that we have and they help me think about how we should proceed going forward, you know, and vice versa. You know what? She was really passionate about that. Remember that, Andy, right. and vice versa for you. And that, that I mean, so I don't know if we can prevent them from happening, but I'm sure as hell can learn from them. And in the last uh, thing that popped into my mind, which if you, the, the best thing that we've learned in therapy, which like I give to all of you for free, which you had to pay thousands for, um, is that like what's happened to us in the past shapes who we are now. So Andy and I came from really different money backgrounds and that shapes how we feel about certain things now. I value having a really nice home because I grew up in a tiny apartment with four of us and shared a bed with my mom till I was 10. So to me, spending money on the house to make like a really cozy place for us and our kids is really important to me. Whereas Andy could live in a shack, you know, we could live in a van too. You guys. <laughs> we'll get a place together. CTF, yeah. Mr. CTF. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, and for him, it's, you know, it's um, things for the kids for uh, activities for the kids, which I didn't grow up doing that. So it's not as important to me as it is to him. So we've learned that we need to talk about our past and why we feel passionate about spending money on certain things. And that's really helped us to, um, you know, we still fight about those things, but we understand where the other one's coming from. So talking about your past and why certain things are um, important to you financially, I think is super important. And, and for all you frugal folks out there, it's just a $30 copay to go to our <laughs> therapist. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Depending on your insurance, obviously. Yeah. So potentially Nicole and Andy just saved you, everybody who's listening to this, like thousands of dollars. Totally. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. There you go. There you go. There you go. Okay. CTF, same to you. How does one prevent financial independence from causing marital distress? Um, I think a good thing is to keep in mind like your partner's like pace. Like Mr. CTF is just like an all in dive when it comes to just about anything. Um, <laughs> he Once he makes up his mind, he's there. And I, I take a little bit more convincing, but once I'm on, then I'm, then I'm like really like full on. And I would say maybe even more than Mr. CTF. He likes to try to go back and forth and I, I forget that sometimes, but I'm like, no, we said we're going for financial independence. We're going there. We're retiring in 10 years. You can't change your mind. Um, so I think just keeping it like in mind that like, you know, like your partner has probably a different timeline as to how they digest things. 
And I think another big thing is to figure out what you value and, and figuring out like maybe how to, to bring the argument of financial independence over to what you value. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what Andy, Andy said actually too, that I, I don't think um, prevention is, is maybe as important as, is working through it like, a, like adults, you know, because I think nowadays people are really quick to give up on things and, and just say, you know what, forget it. This isn't going to work out. And there have been times where Miss TTF and I said, you know, like, I think we're done with each other. Like there have been times that that has been, been talked about and, you know, you have to come through that on the other side. And, and sometimes that is the same with all relationships, friendships, you know, in relationships with, with parents and, and siblings. So I think you have to take it from like, like Miss CTF said is, you know, try not to be so like, I'm right, you're wrong. And it's hard to, to not feel that way when, when you find something you're passionate about and you really do believe like Keller Highwater, we need to do this. And the other person doesn't agree. And so sometimes I, I'm not sure that it's re, um, reconcilable. I mean, sometimes people have different ways they want to go and they're, they're very both adamantly not going to move on it. And so I think that that's legitimate, but you've got to find out if that's, if that's the case in your relationship or not, or if, or if you can work past that. And uh, luckily we've been able to work past most of the stuff. And I think we, that's kind of a key to it as well. Well, thank you for the insight from all of you. I want to give each of you a chance to promote where we can find you and answer the question, what is up next for you? Well, let's start with the CTFs. Well, we just uh, canceled our podcast, so that's what's up next with us. Um, but you can still find us on Twitter at countdown 2 Fi, and um, that's where we do a lot of our discussions now. And uh, definitely tweet at us, and we'll tweet back probably. Wonderful. Thank you for your contribution today. Andy and Nicole, what's up next for you and where can we find you? So I have a weekly podcast called Marriage, Kids, and Money, where I have uh, fun conversations like this uh, each week with uh, some people who are doing some great things for their family and trying to give them similar financial freedom that we're all working towards. Um, And I am uh, really excited about continuing those conversations each week. So please check out the podcast and you can also find me at Twitter, uh, Andy Hill MKM. And I'm very excited about having more conversations with the the CTFs as well. What's next for us is financial independence. That's right. <laughs> when our kids get home from school, so none of that weird stuff can happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Doc, that was one of the episodes where we probably had the most fun outside of the formal recording because I don't know if you've ever met the CTFs before, but they are a crazy bunch and you'll notice that in the outtakes. And Andy and Nicole, they, they took it in stride and they actually added to it. So they just added to the fun dynamic of the panelist. And that is exactly why I do podcasts, is to meet interesting people and have great conversations like we just had. And today I learned a lot. One of those is that I'm going to have to second guess whether or not I'm, I'm going to have a dryer or not, which I did not see coming into this conversation. I'm pretty sure having a dryer is a sicker cow my wife is not going to budge on. But it did get me to thinking about the way I posed the question was flawed, which was how to prevent marital distress. That's what I took away from this conversation is when you're in a relationship, you're going to have friction. Whether you're talking about money or something else that people have trouble with, you're going to have friction and listening to the other side and thinking about where they're coming from and their unique point of view. That was my big takeaway. How about you, Doc? You know, I took a lot from this. 
let me first of all talk about why I think we asked this question in the first place. Mm -hmm. The reason why is we all know that money is a big marital stressor, but we usually think of it as having too little money. But the financial independence community is unique. And one of the reasons it's unique is we really focus on having enough money. But believe it or not, even having money itself can still be a distressor. And the reason why is whenever you have two people who were brought up in different ways, they had different financial modeling from their childhood, from their parents, and you get them together and try to come up with a single financial plan, it's going to create difficulties. It's going to create friction. And it seems like in the end, all four of our participants believe in what financial independence is. So it's not like the core principle is off. But what we see is that each person comes at it in their own different way, with their own different history, and they come at it with their own speed. So in our case, Mr. CTF and Andy seem to come at it fairly quickly. They dove into reading about it. They found out about David Ramsey. And from the moment they felt a mastery of it, they wanted to go, go, go. And I think both of their wives didn't have a problem per se with the concept, but they didn't start at the same place that their husbands were starting at. And so this is really interesting dynamic where you have two people who might even believe in the same thing, but they're going at a different pace. And that can cause friction. That can cause people to fight. It can make one spouse feel more uncomfortable than the other. And I think it's something we have to be very wary of. In the past on my blog and here, we've talked about spousal buy-in, this idea of getting them to buy into financial Mm, independence, but maybe buy-in is not the issue. It's more about how you get there together as a couple, as opposed to each one of you running the race separately at a different speed. Yeah. And something that Nicole said is that she learned in therapy that her relationship with money and her job had a lot to do with her self-worth. She gave the example that was important to her was a very nice, cozy house because of the way she was raised. And that's really important because therapy allows you to kind of dig deeper and uncover the real root of the issue and understand the reasons behind certain behavior. And it often comes down to what happened to you in your past. How were you raised? And when you get specific examples, I really like to spend time with my children doing activities with them because they're important to me. So if you put a budget around me, being able to go to the movies and have popcorn, which are I know are outrageously expensive, but that is what is important to me. That could be the point of friction and fighting. But if you understood the reasons behind it, I'll give up anything, but just let me go to my summer blockbuster action flicks with my kids and have popcorn. That's an important experience to me because it brings me back to the treasure time during my childhood. So what is it for you and your spouse It's also incumbent on the person with the strong feelings to be able to uncover their true reasons and share what's important to them. You know, don't make the other side be be a detective or a psychologist to figure out and unwind your motivations. You need to bring some of that to the table yourself. Yeah. Isn't it funny? I mean, as we go further and further with this podcast, what I think we've really uncovered is most of these financial independence topics, they're not really about money. I mean, we think they're about money and we delve into these topics thinking of they're about money. But in this case, when it comes to marital discord, I think it's more about effective realization and then communication of your needs. And I think if you can realize what you need and then if you can effectively communicate it to your spouse, you're not going to avoid these arguments because that's the whole purpose of arguments is 
you have discord, you work on it together, you end up in a better place. But if you can communicate effectively, you'll get through them and, and prosper. And I think that's what's up next. This has been the What's Up Next podcast. On behalf of myself, Doc G, and my co-host, Paul Thompson, we wanted to thank Andy and Nicole Hill, as well as Mr. and Mrs. CTF. Doc G and I are going live this Friday at 12 p.m. noon central to discuss this episode. To get on the live stream, join our Facebook group, the What's Up Next podcast, and look for notifications on when we go live. You have to be a member of the Facebook group to be a part of the live stream. We'll discuss this episode, give you some insight on what episodes we're currently working on, and a little sneak peek on the upcoming episode for next week. We look forward to reading your comments, engaging with you further, and seeing you live this Friday at noon on the What's Up Next Podcast Facebook group. That's a wrap. Looks like I got some catching up to do. That's just all we're talking about is the, is the manifesto. I was going to say that you completely like shattered what I thought you looked like. <laughs> <laughs> no, that now you're going like the opposite. I don't know. I don't know if what you, I expected. If you walked into my into my operating like, room or whatever the hell you do medically, I'd say get the hell out of here. Okay. Like how much more organized you are than we are with our panels. It's just like a, a hot mess of everyone talking over each other. No, ours is like put down your flask and then you can talk. Yeah, well, that's because you're hanging out with the wows too much. I mean, let's be honest. So you can just say you this failed. is you failed. Yes, CTF. Can Andy do mine? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. All right, all right. All right we're, we're gonna we're do ready. it. You lead it. I'll, I'll lead it, okay. This. this is Mrs. CTF. And this is Mr. CTF. And you're listening to the What's Up podcast. Oh, oh damn it. So close. So close. I'll do it. You don't... God damn it, I've had too much to drink She's tonight. drunk, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> it's, why didn't we get to go first? Andy did it so well. It's not fair. All right, you do it. This is why we're getting out of the podcast business, you guys. All right, okay. Sorry. This one's going either way, whether it's good or bad. Okay, let's do it. All right. What are we talking about tonight? Do you not know? I mean, it's family family and Fi, I think, right? We're talking about marital distress in Fi. Oh, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll air all of our dirty laundry. Four letter words on this podcast. (laughs) All right, yes. You guys do E or what? Excellent. Really like this format. That's super cool. We tried to do something different. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I was about to say, Paul and I might have to do couples therapy soon. (laughs) (laughs) As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Tech moves fast. So keep pace with the Daily Crunch podcast from TechCrunch. With new episodes every day, this podcast will give you a quick overview on everything you need and should know about startups, new tech, regulations, and more. Listen to TechCrunch Daily Crunch now, wherever you get your podcasts. That's TechCrunch Daily Crunch, wherever you get your podcasts.